from hrgrapevine.com, it is the HR Grapevine Podcast. Hey there, everyone. Eric Niewerowski, host of the pod. Thank you for tuning in, listening in again. And if you're new, welcome. I hope you learned something today. So this week, we're going to talk about apprenticeships. You know, there's a real benefit to apprenticeships within the workforce, and not a lot of companies are utilizing them. And you would think that business leaders would lean on apprenticeships, given that currently in the UK, there are more job vacancies than candidates, but yet they're not. Why is that? To help me answer that question, I'm thrilled to be talking today to Ewan Blair. He is the co-founder and CEO of Multiverse, which is really a fantastic platform that brings an alternative to university and corporate training via professional apprenticeships. Now, if the name Ewan Blair sounds familiar, it might. He is the son of former UK Prime Minister Tony Blair. And Ewan identified a problem and has made it his mission to solve this idea of inequality within work, especially in professional settings, through apprenticeships. So we talk about that. We talk about why apprenticeships are so important. We also have a great sidebar conversation on this concept that an entry-level candidate is only worth the degree that they earned on their CV or where they went to university or even if they went to university at all. And friends, I got to tell you from personal experience, that is just not the case. So it was a wonderful and a very insightful conversation with Ewan. And without further ado, here it is. I'm Ewan Blair, founder and CEO of Multiverse. And I guess probably the place to start with is I began my career in investment banking at Morgan Stanley, armed with a degree in ancient history and a master's in international relations that taught me not really anything about this job I was going into. And I was struck first by the fact that was pretty odd, but also I was surrounded almost entirely by a group of people majority men from the same small handful of backgrounds, um, typically kind of middle-class backgrounds, same small handful of schools and universities. And none of us had any divine right to be there, but were there as a consequence of a way of filtering people based on a specific type of credential that didn't really seem to align with either what we could do or the jobs we were being asked to do. And I was in banking for five years doing corporate debt and derivatives. It was interesting um, and it was really valuable grounding kind of understanding financial markets and how they work but it wasn't the thing that got me out of bed every morning really excited right i was much more interested in education employment and specifically how people get access to opportunities and how they're distributed and so i left banking to do something really different i joined an organization that was helping long-term unemployed people find jobs and people with pretty serious barriers to the labor market in many cases, um, multi-generational unemployment, history of incarceration, disability. And I ended up sort of initially persuading companies to take on people with those backgrounds and talking about why they could be really valuable additions to their workforces. And I ended up becoming CEO of that organization in the UK. Okay. And there was a moment when we reached about 100,000 successfully placed into jobs and people were really excited. And the challenge was when you looked at the jobs we place people into, too often it was really difficult to argue they were fundamentally changing the direction of people's lives, right? Often they were quite temporary jobs in retail or hospitality or cleaning services. And 
increasingly the obsession for me became how do we make sure the best jobs of the next decade don't simply go to all the same people as the best jobs of the last decade right because if we can't address that we're going to end up with far more social upheaval far more instances of people feeling like they have no stake in the future and so i kind of spent a lot of time thinking about this and i came to a few conclusions first university was part of the problem because employers were using it as a proxy for talent it was becoming increasingly expensive and actually it had become an inhibitor to social mobility. Right. Um, in the UK, only 4% of those claiming free school meals make it to Russell Group University. Okay. And in the US, your family income is a, is a greater determinant of your career earnings than your GPA. Correct. Even at elite college, right? So that, that's a problem. Second, despite huge changes in the world, these higher education institutions were basically teaching the same way they were decades ago. And... That was a problem when the entire labor market was transforming. Um, third, a shot of learning at the start of your career is very outdated when you think about 50 years plus in the workforce and, and sporadic corporate training isn't going to pick up that slack. And finally, I was really convinced that you couldn't just tinker around at the edges. You had to remake. Apprenticeships basically felt like the perfect tool to unlock the solution because they combine work and education intrinsically. They're free to the individuals. There's no financial barrier. In fact, you're getting paid a salary. They accommodate people who learn differently. They can actively create opportunities for new pools of talent. And they could also equip those needing to reskill as well as those starting out in their careers. So, you know, I just want to kind of talk, you know, anecdotally, my personal history. Um, I am American, um, but I do love living here in the UK. And I had Stop kind of... Accent, you know, Eric. Yeah, yeah. Well, I live in Scotland. So you you know, my my Scottish accent is uh, actually really awful. Um, <laughs> I would love to hear that. I can say wallet. And that's about it. Oh, there you go. That's the start. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so I grew up in the States and I went to a college prep school, right, where there were no sort of technical programs. It was, you know, your lit, right. your sciences. And then I kind of bounced around at different universities, figuring out what I wanted to do. And I ended up getting a job at a really crunchy hippie co-op in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in the meat and seafood department. And I was offered to be an apprentice to cut meat, you know, right. to be a, a, yep. a journey, journeyman. And I ended yeah. up bringing it down due to the stigma of going from this very white collar upbringing to a very blue collar sort of um, life. And I think it was just the stigma. So basically my situation is kind of reversed from you know the, the problems you identified. Yes. But um, I guess I just wanna get right into it. There is still a stigma around this, right? Apprenticeships, regardless if you're in the UK or the US, how can we go about kind of breaking those down a little bit and showing the value of an apprenticeship program rather than your only worth as an employee at a certain income level is if you went to some sort of fancy college. Right. Well, look, this is this gets right to the heart of the problem because yeah. we've spent a long time building degrees up into this almost existential thing when you look at the labor market, despite the fact there's no real correlation between academics and job performance. Mm -hmm. um, and, and effectively, we've outsourced to a small group of academic institutions the job of determining the winners and losers in the labor market, which is really problematic for a whole load of reasons, partly because those institutions are not very reflective of broader society, but also they represent a tiny portion of the mm -hmm. talent pool. Now, there has historically been stigma around apprenticeships in the UK and the US, and people associate them 
with trades jobs. They're not necessarily sure they're as prestigious as university and various other things. Right. It's changing very quickly. And the way it changes is always about the jobs, right? If you can show people that by doing an apprenticeship, you can get access to some of those very best jobs. And if you look at the, the organizations we work with, people like Google, people like Morgan Stanley, people like uh, American Express, McKinsey, others, mm-hmm. these are companies that most graduates from top universities are desperate to go and work at. And they're offering opportunities to apprentices without degrees. That very quickly changes the calculus because what you're basically saying is the degree in and of itself no longer has completely cornered this area of the labor market. This is probably just a really simple question then. Um, Could you become, say, a banker through an apprenticeship, right? Can, Can you walk me through how, say, being like a software engineer or a banker, an investment banker even, could be taught from it through an apprenticeship as opposed sure. to just having this qualifying degree of worth? Well, look, for, for example, by the way, we have multiple people working in banks, in research analyst positions, in uh, corporate and relationship positions, in data positions, in software engineering positions. So, so that, is, that is kind of not hypothetical. It's, it's very much real. I mean, right. if you, you know, when I talk about my experience, <laughs> the idea that my degree in ancient history prepared me for a job structuring derivatives. Yes. Pitching corporate debt makes no sense, right? Yeah. There were yeah. absolutely some things I learned from that. But we're doing this, by the way, both for people at the very start of their careers who are choosing not to go to university, but also for people who are trying to re-enter the workforce. So we, we've launched this brilliant program with Citigroup where we have software engineers and it's specifically aimed at returning mums who are looking at getting back into the workforce okay. without software engineering experience trained to become effective software engineers through their jobs so they join in technical roles they're given one-on-one coaching boot camp support access to our full curriculum our community and by the end of the program they're functional software engineers in full-time roles at city mm-hmm. we have to escape this idea that there is somehow an inherent superiority in learning through an academic method than there is through an applied method because it doesn't stand up to scrutiny. And also, if you're an employer, you would far rather have someone who has been trained in that field in your organization, knows how to navigate your organization, has relationships there, um, and understands how your systems and processes work versus someone coming in cold right. who has a paper degree. Right, exactly. I mean, there's so many, you know, there, there's so many. Th- so I, you know, I eventually got that university degree. I think I got, I think I'm at three now, to be honest, you and what is it? It's, it's, it's history. <laughs> you kept collecting them. All right. History. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's history. Um, and then I was going to go to law school, but I decided not to. And I went and went to an art school to learn video production and motion graphics. Right. And then, I love, by the way, that you went from law school to art school. That's isn't that, oh, my, my father cringed when I told him that. Um, and then from there, during right after I grew my pandemic mustache, I uh, went back and got another degree in user experience design. So I'm, I fully appreciate the value of continuing education. Right. Um, but it's amazing that all of that stuff that I learned it, within university, that changes, right? Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's, it's much easier to, to, to learn as you go in real world sort of practices, right? Um, And so I think there's an incredible value to that. And also I really 
like what you said there about in this case with with uh, city, they're teaching them the processes. So right, they can right. get right in there and work from day one. And then yeah, just just one more thing I was going to say on this because yeah. I think it's such an important issue. It's also it's not as if we're sort of saying right, you've got education through the academic route, and then you've got this apprenticeship piece that's all about work because right. it is also education, right? They're getting one-on-one -on -one coaching, instruction, access to a full curriculum. There's plenty of learning going on there, but just instead of learning about things in a purely theoretical, esoteric classroom environment, right. they're learning about them through successes or failures on the job and solving real-world problems. And the fact of the matter is there are plenty of us who learn far better in that environment and get better outcomes and results than in the classroom environment. Exactly. I mean, I, I think an apprentice program for software engineers is perfect for, you know, like you mentioned, a, a, a diverse um, job pool, but also if you break down the different sort of components that make up diversity, one of them would be neurodiversity. And a lot of people with neurodiverse issues work so much better on real world solutions than in that theoretical version. So I, I, I do think that's great. So, so let's talk about the investment then. Mm. Can you just kind of walk through why it's a good investment on the employer side to, yes. to say, you know, get into apprenticeships and why are they being underutilized so much? Yeah. So I, I guess, look, first talking about the benefits, I mean, they are the best way of reaching high potential diverse talent and embedding the specific skills you need in your workforce. I mean, as an example, Amazon could hire every computer science grad in America and they still wouldn't have enough software engineers. And there's plenty of competition there. Plus, by doing that and focus solely on recruiting from these universities, you're only reaching a small subsection of, of the population. There are plenty of hugely talented people who either can't afford to or don't want to go to university that you're mm -hmm. missing out on completely by just focusing on traditional campus non-apprenticeship recruitment. Right. And of right. the apprentices we place, 54% are women, including in tech roles, over half are people of color, a third meet an indicator of socioeconomic disadvantage. So these are people who often are not being spotted by employers, but they're hugely, hugely talented because the bar is still very, very high. We're just reaching people they wouldn't otherwise meet. And, you know, you hear this all the time from employers. They frequently say graduates aren't ready for work. We need yeah. to train them in how to do the job once they arrive anyway. Right. And so they're still having to solve this piece of skill acquisition and skill embedding. And nearly everyone in the workforce is going to have to retrain multiple times as the nature of most job changes. So education yeah. is increasingly something companies both want to offer, but also employees will want to see their employer providing it as a benefit. We, we know all about this, this war for talent at the moment, and it is really crucial that as an employee, you can say to the people in your team, we're directly investing in you and we're prepared right. to do that because we can see there are great productivity gains and, and bottom line gains for us as a business, but also it's going to help you be more happy and fulfilled as an employee. Yeah. And I mean, also, it really helps out the employer brand, right? Where right. so many candidates now where, okay, so yes, obviously money is key, but there's also a sort of sense of purpose um, mm. that a job, someone that wants a new job or to get into a field, why they want to get into it. And I tell you, there's no better feeling than to have your employer say, we are investing in you. Right. Um, and that shows loyalty as well. Um, so it's it's just really good all around. It just right. seems like it's a shame that not everyone is picking up on them as <laughs> as, as much as they should. Um, well, look, the, the, the good news is, by the way, that there are more apprenticeship vacancies available today than there have been at any point since records began. So 
we're we're certainly seeing a huge uptick in interest in apprenticeships. We we as an organisation are growing incredibly quickly because of that demand. Mm -hmm. I think if you look at it through the two lenses of diversity and digital transformation, employers realise those are two. I mean, these are CEO and board level issues that companies are really fixed on solving. There is no easy way to do that without going through an apprenticeship route, reaching different pools of talent, and also then embedding those skills. And to your point as well um, on kind of employee satisfaction, well-being, and feeling that sense of loyalty and belonging to their employee, uh, to their employer, employees want to see their employers taking action on these things. Yes, showing that they are investing in these areas because they care about them. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I just uh, you know, it's it's so much better than to say actually put action behind saying that they're that they encourage diversity right i always kind of lean back on just because i also you know uh, handle most of the social media content here is that just because a brand changes their linkedin profile picture to a pride flag right they make their logo into a pride flag or blackout unbeat you know to support blm that's a very sort of virtue signaling move right where to actually take the time to invest in those communities, in those groups um, is really much more impressive and really shows a lot more thought. Well, once again, I'd just like to thank you and Blair, co-founder and CEO of Multiverse for taking the time to talk to me today. A lot of great insights you and shared, but I really, really do admire and value his commitment to apprenticeships and how they are really a fast track to diversifying the professional world. I think it's a very noble cause he is in front of, and it was great to talk to him and learn more about it. So I hope you found it just as insightful as I did. Thank you once again for joining me on the HR Grapevine podcast, and I will talk to you again next week.